0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's The Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting. Ready, break. Now, from the WATH studios, here's Cedric Granger. Good
1: evening, and welcome to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Today is February 20th, 2023, and it's President's Day, the first holiday after Super Bowl Sunday. And I'm here in the studios, not alone,
2: as I'm joined by both Michael Roth and Jacob Mata. How are you guys doing today? Cedric, doing great today. Excited to talk some sports with you. We'll see what's going on around the area.
3: Yeah, it's going to be difficult for us. I think... uh during the nba all-star break the three three days where they're not playing games this is really one of the worst like sort of little like mini stretches for sports um so hopefully we provide some good content for the fans right now because not a ton of stuff to watch right now um sports fans are they're gonna have it rough for the next three days but well once we get a little deeper into high school playoffs nba comes back and then We get conference tournaments. We'll be picking it right back up. But for now, I think we're kind of in a dead zone.
1: Yeah, it is a little bit of a tougher time here. Usually I will end it off with our hot picks, and then we do a little Tonight in Ohio segment where we preview what sports are going on um, that are with our affiliated teams here at the radio station. And, Rolf, we have no games with any team that are affiliated with the station tonight which is very rare that's only once in a blue moon and especially when Cincinnati Red season start that's almost never going to happen uh, so, very rare, but that does not mean that there's still not some interesting things to talk about. Because on today's show, we'll talk both men's and women's basketball. We'll talk a little bit of national college basketball to look at the bigger picture. Then we'll go and break down the NBA All-Star Game, as well as the rise of the XFL Part 3. We'll see what XFL had over this past weekend, and then finish it off with their hot picks on the few games that are available to pick from so let's start off with ohio basketball as the men they have now won five in a row with their win 76 to 59 over central michigan and it was just a day where the bobcats they dominated central michigan on the hardwood with both the men and the women's teams both coming up with wins over the chippewas and of course for the bobcats they continue to move up the standings they are now fifth in the mid-american conference and they are continuing to get hot when it is the right time, because Toledo—they're the only team that's won just as many games in their win streak. But other than that, there's no team hotter in the MAC than the Bobcats.
3: Yeah, it's nice to see Ohio start to put together some consistent performances. Uh, also helps that Ohio's starting to play uh, a couple more home games than they were getting earlier in the season. But the schedule's breaking right for the Bobcats. They're winning uh, the winnable games on their schedule. Uh, pulled, pulled a slight upset over uh, Akron at home a little bit ago. Um, just things are starting to click for this team, and I think they're finally playing the basketball. That I think fans um, who are optimistic heading into the year kind of expected them to be at um, just because uh, it's a team that brought in so many new faces. If you look at the rotation from last year, really the only guys uh, that they brought back were Miles Brown Ben Roderick. Um, and A.J. Clayton, because Dwight Wilson, even though he's a returner, he didn't play at all last season. Um, So he was kind of a new piece. And then you bring in uh, a transfer point guard. You bring in a couple impact freshmen. uh, You bring in a transfer sixth man. And you have basically a completely new-look team. Um, They had some up and downs early in the season and then also early in conference play. But um, offensively, this team has been pretty consistent all year. And that's what you need to win um, to win consistently. You need to be able to outscore your opponents. And uh, I think the biggest reason for this has been the improved play of Jalen Hunter the past two weeks.
1: Yeah, Jalen Hunter with another double-digit performance. He had 14 uh, in the win. Also, another notable performance was A.J. Clayton, who had an 18-point day. To lead the way of all scoring for the bobcats so the bobcats bench able to produce a couple of double digit scores as well it's what you love to see if you're the bobcats just really showcasing the type of depth that this team has and they're starting to use that to power by a lot of this competition and i think earlier on it did kind of skew our perception of the bobcats they were a lot better their record indicated just due to the tough draw that they had having to play. Some of those top teams early had to play Kent State, Toledo, Akron, Ball State, Northern Illinois. They got those games early, and a lot of those ones were on the road. And now they're really starting to pick up some steam with this home slate, as you were hinting at, Roth. Uh, Right now, the Bobcats just trying to continue climbing up the ladder. They're 8-6 in conference. Ball State stands in front of them as the 4-seed at 10-4. Uh, But I remember us having a conversation about if we're looking at seeding, what's so important is just making sure that you can get to that four or five seed line, because if you get anywhere below that, if you're six, seven, or eight, you're going against either Kent State, Toledo, or Akron in the first round. Of course, the Cats aren't scared of any of these opponents. However, you would much prefer to match up against Ball
2: State. For sure, Ball State, definitely a better matchup. Uh, for the Bobcats than any of those teams, but like you said, I really don't think they're afraid. They're playing their best basketball right now, and you know they're getting hot at the right time. We've said it over and over, but if they're if they're going to go on a run and hopefully you know maybe bring bring the MAC tournament back to Athens, bring that title back, we'll we'll see what happens. Like I said, everybody everybody's heating up. AJ Clayton leading in scoring, not not something we've seen a lot this year, so it's really good to see him uh, you know putting the ball in the basket. But hey, here we go. Let's see what they can do.
3: Yeah, and this Tuesday is a big game because Northern Illinois sitting at the sixth seed. If Ohio can win that game, they'll have a two-game advantage uh, for that number five seed uh, and potentially have the tiebreaker over both the sixth and seventh seed as well. So uh, I think if you're looking to win at Tuesday, unless the season really unravels from that point onward, it's looking very likely like Ohio's going to be the five seed. Uh, at worst the small chance they could climb up to climb up to the four seed uh if they win on tuesday but i think if you're a bobcats fan you win on tuesday you go all right let's keep a top five seed let's get into that postseason um i believe ball state was their quarterfinal opponent last season uh and, and the bobcats were able to advance out of that game uh, i was at the quarterfinal battle uh last year it wasn't super competitive so i think that's the reason why i'm forgetting who we played but i'm pretty sure it was ball yeah, State. yeah i believe it was Ball state. um yeah not a not a memorable game we just kind of beat them like pretty good um so i wouldn't mind that matchup again uh for ohio and uh yeah this mac tournament you know right now you you figure that there's five teams uh all capable of winning it i I think that it's going to be very interesting to see um was some discussion on twitter over like mac player of the year Uh, i don't think ohio really has anybody in that discussion but i think you could see multiple players from ohio uh, on second team all-MAC. Um, so, so that's going to be interesting just seeing where um, some of the MAC awards lie and how that sh- sort of shifts the narrative going into the MAC tournament because we know the media lo- love to push the narratives. Uh, I feel like whoever doesn't win, like, MAC Player of the Year who has a good case, you'll get that, like, oh, they're feeling extra motivated <laughs> to, like, go into the MAC tournament. So um, really should be a fun uh, three days in Cleveland for the men. Um I know know the woman won over the weekend, but still seems unlikely that they're going to make an appearance in Cleveland right now. But that would be nice uh, if both teams could make it once again, because I feel like we've been on a good run of both teams at at worst qualifying for the MAC tournament, um, but that streak in serious jeopardy this year.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. Actually, OU across the board had a fantastic sports year last year where they had uh, field hockey, baseball, softball, soccer, Um, And then both men's and women's basketball, um, as well as volleyball, all qualify uh for the mac tournament which was very impressive run of sports all being able to make the mac tournament in all of those selections and for ohio for the men's team they have northern illinois next as you heard from roth you also have miami on the road kent state on the road which is sure to be very tricky and then bowling green at home to close it out so they can pick up that win against niu that gives them that two and a half game buffer over the huskies and then it really just comes down to making sure you either win either the at miami game versus bowling green game one of those two and even if you do fall to kent state could be another opportunity just to kind of prepare yourself as well for that matchup kind of scout them out and get ready for that being a potential team that you may run into in the mac tournament but you went at that a little bit earlier as uh the women's team also picked up a win over central michigan and now you blink your eyes they've won two out of their last three as they won 83 to 75 so kind of starting to turn things around it looks like right now especially after the really rough start starting off three and 16 now over their last six games they have won three out of their last six and they aren't out of the running for the mac tournament as they just need to probably find a way to win three out of their last four if they can figure out that i think they're going to be in with the way that it is oriented in the conference. They are sitting at 4-10, and ten, but they're in a three-way tie for last. And then all the record that you need to be able to qualify right now is 5-9. and nine. So they're only one game back. They just don't have the tiebreakers right now, which is kind
2: of hurting them. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in these last four, Cedric. I mean, going to Kent State, uh, I mean, it'd be one heck of an upset. To see uh, the women beat them, but I mean, when you have Yaya Felder who can go for forty at any given point, you never know. Maybe something crazy happens, but you know, I think Western Michigan's a very winnable game. I think uh, Miami at home's a very winnable game, and then Eastern Michigan, just an average team all around. But I mean, there there is definitely a world where they win three of their last four, but they are going to have to stay on the pace that they're on and play their best basketball in order for that to happen. It certainly wills. Western Michigan was a game that earlier this season, they
1: did compete fairly well in that game. It just kind of got away from them in the fourth quarter where uh, offense just became a big challenge as Western Michigan really stepped it up in quarter number four. But Miami is a team that Ohio's already beaten. Eastern Michigan, a team that Ohio has already beaten as well. Both games at home. So again, if they can really win that game against Western uh, Michigan, I think that's going to be the uh, swing game when we look at this like big picture here
2: yeah i, I agree with you 100 percent. i was at the uh western michigan game that was here covering that for bobcat showcase but and and you're not you're not kidding they they hung with them they went in uh to halftime with a one point lead i believe and they uh they played really well in that first half and head coach bob bolden said after the game that he knew they played well uh they were uh sharing the ball really well they were running well in transition and they got a lot of transition buckets And they came out in the second half either a two- or a three-point third quarter. I mean, they just, everything stalled. So if they can, it was a tale of two halves. So if they can put two halves together, uh, like the first half from the last time they played them, they'll, they'll be a okay. Yeah, so
1: it's good to kind of just overlook all of the uh, OU sports that are going on. I'll give a shout-out, though, to our baseball team, which the Ohio baseball has just gotten started. They went and played in the Hugh Bros Challenge out there in North Carolina. So they lost the first game 10-14 to to UNC Wilmington, lost the second game to Virginia 4-8. to But check out how these guys bounce
2: back. <laughs> they played against Navy, and they won 27-9 to against Navy. I mean 27 runs in a baseball game is absolutely insane.
3: A, a lot of walks and errors from both sides in that game. Let's uh <laughs> let's try I know we're
2: early season,
3: but let's try and clean it up both sides. Like I think I saw 7 errors and like 14 walks in the game. <laughs> yeah. Like I know Ohio only had like 3 errors and Navy had 4. Um but yeah, that's not Let's Let's play some more clean baseball, guys. But good to good to get a win and, and not start the year 0 and 3. But yeah, a funny a funny football score. Like there is some like Iowa football would think that was an
2: explosive contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there was a quote last year uh from Brendan Roder where they were down eight or nine runs and they came back and won. I forget who the game was against. It wasn't Kent. Uh it was the game before their series with Kent. But we asked him after the game, like, "Man, you guys just came back down somewhere between seven and nine runs," and he said, "Yeah, seven to nine runs is nothing for this team." I'm like, "Man, you must know you have the explosive power at the plate to be able to come back seven to nine runs." But let's not do that every game. Yeah. Let's 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 play. Good fundamental baseball. We'll see if they can keep that up. I mean, at this point right now, they've
1: got to be among some of the top teams in the country in terms of uh, average runs scored per game. So we'll keep a lookout on Ohio baseball. They'll match up against Western Kentucky coming up this weekend. So they'll go down to the other Bowling Green, not Bowling Green, Ohio, but Bowling Green, Kentucky, for those four games and then they'll eventually be at home on march 10th but still a long way to go before that that's the joys of being a northern baseball team in the college baseball circuit we'll take our first break when we come back we'll talk some national college basketball and i will continue to rive in pain at ohio state basketball you are listening to the sports fan on 970 w a t
0: h and from michigan a disabled senior citizen trying to get by. Henry from Florida, a veteran fighting to make ends meet. Elena from Arizona, a mother struggling to feed her daughter. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over six billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong.
1: Power 105 and 970 WATH are your home for boys basketball tournament coverage in Athens County. Coverage on Power 105 begins Wednesday when Alexander travels to Gallia Academy to take on the Blue Devils. Then on Friday, Tremble takes on Beaver Eastern with a sectional title on the line.
2: Coverage starts both nights around 6:45 right here on Power 105. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA,
0: SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker dealer and is independent of RJFS. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
1: welcome back to the sports fan here on 970 wath cedric michael and jacob joining you from the studio on columbus road as in our first segment we talked a lot about ohio sports with the men's basketball women's basketball as well as a little bit of baseball glad to have baseball starting to come back in the season as well before we know it it'll be red season as well and you can listen to that on 970 wath and power 105 we have coverage of the Cincinnati Reds all season long, as well as we'll have, of course, more baseball talk during our Sports Fan as well. But that's enough from the diamond. Let's move back onto the hardwood. As in college basketball, we had a very interesting weekend where there was a lot of shifts in the top 25 but one thing that kind of stood out to me about this past weekend were some of these high scoring games where you had teams that were able to eclipse 100 points first it was Alabama against Georgia a matchup that you'd usually love in football but like we see it in basketball this past weekend and Alabama won 108 to 59 like are you
3: kidding me 108 points is this the NBA yeah uh alabama uh for the local ohio fans who have been here a while uh, are very familiar with with a couple things on their team Uh, most notably mark sears uh former bobcat um all mac point guard having a great season for alabama but um us old heads who have been here a while will remember nate Oates during his time at buffalo um and the Bulls against Ohio had a game where they scored over 100 points, set a school record for three-pointers against Ohio. Um, they then came to the combo later that year, and at halftime were on pace to break the record again. Um, they had an ice-cold second half. Ohio almost came back and won the game. Um, this was against a Buffalo team that ended ranked in the top 25. I believe they got a sixth seed and lost to a third-seeded Texas Tech. Uh, who would go on to make the national title game in March Madness. But um, Oates is known for a fast tempo uh, with shooters at at least four of the five spots on the floor. And that's what you're seeing with this Alabama roster. They, I believe they've won three SEC games by 35 points or more, which is really silly for for a high major conference like the SEC to have three wins by that big of margin. Um, it really is insane. So Alabama is the sort of team that when it's clicking, it's all clicking. Um, but you saw on Tuesday night, uh, they fall to a Tennessee team that's kind of been reeling uh, themselves. So uh, really this season with college basketball, you kind of never know what you're going to get from pretty much anybody. Um, if teams play their A game, they're going to win. If teams play their F game, they're going to lose. It doesn't matter uh, how good you are. And Alabama certainly played their A game against Georgia.
1: And there's no conference that really um, embodies the terminology of never knowing what's going to happen like the Big 12 this year. The Big 12 had a couple of crazy matchups. Uh, The first one, Texas against Oklahoma. Uh, Big robbery, of course, but Texas won in overtime, 85-83 to in an absolute barn burner of a game. And it just goes to show just how much depth the Big 12 has. It's just really ridiculous where any team can be any team everybody is just knocking each other off at pretty much every blink of an eye and even Oklahoma probably considered one of the worst teams in the Big 12 is a tough out and I always remember the eye-opening statistic where for a while West Virginia was at the bottom of the Big 12 and they're like hey the Big 12 West Virginia our worst team beat the number one team in the nation just insane to think about but the other Big 12 game too that was also notable Kansas, they're starting to go on their late season stretch. What's new as they take down Baylor, 87-71. So two big time Big Twelve results there, as well as TCU putting up
3: over a hundred or putting up a hundred points as well. So, a lot yeah, of them. Kansas, uh, that was a tale of two halves because Baylor went into halftime up double digits, and the J- the Jayhawks came out in the second half and absolutely blitzed them. Um, Baylor had great production from their three guards, but not much else, uh, and Kansas just played incredibly efficient offensive basketball in the second half that's a big game tonight Kansas at TCU uh TCU is a team uh that I think is a sneaky final four uh caliber team they uh lost guard Mike Miles after the West Virginia game they were sitting at 17 and 5 uh when he went down with an injury since that point lost Oklahoma State lost to Kansas State lost at home to To Baylor, uh, lost uh, at Iowa State, uh, and then he comes back and they beat uh, Oklahoma State 100 to 75. So I think Mike Miles is kind of the guy who makes them go, and I think this is a TCU team uh, who has a sneaky shot at making the final four. Um, So I think tonight is going to be a very intriguing game. Kansas projected number one seed going on the road. To TCU Horn Frogs, a two-point favorite, so um, should be a toss-up. 9 p.m. ESPN. I know I said there's not a ton of sports to watch. Uh, that's going to be something that I think most people should be tuning into uh, tonight.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the game. I think TCU is going to be a very tough out for a lot of teams. Whenever you have a injury situation happen in the season, that can affect the team's seeding. However, they're still going to be just as good as what they have. So you might have a situation where you're playing a six-seed at TCU. When in reality, they're probably playing more like the caliber of a two seed or a three seed and they're battle tested on top of that as well. So just be able to keep an eye out for that when you're filling out your brackets and keep that in the back of your mind. Um, Just trying to look at the context of certain teams when you're trying to analyze it. However, of course, there is no science to March Madness at all. Just chaos. But we also have uh, Kansas State. Kansas State picked up a win over Iowa State, another Big 12-ranked matchup, 61-55. So Kansas State continuing their good season as well. So the Big 12 just continuing to go crazy. We'll go over some of the conference standings for the key conferences to see how those races are really starting to look out. But, Rolf, you talked about Tennessee earlier, about how uh, they've kind of been reeling a little bit aside from their win against Alabama and Kentucky. They taught them a lesson.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Kentucky is a team that uh, has been struggling uh, when they don't play Tennessee, but they seem to have the Vols number. Um, Just interesting watching a couple of the Blue Bloods really struggle. Uh, Kentucky and North Carolina both very much on the bubble, but they went in different directions this weekend. Kentucky, they got another signature win over Tennessee. Probably right now puts them at the plus side of the bubble. North Carolina, they had that opportunity on the road against in-state rival North Carolina State. They lost another game. North Carolina, their best win of the season, it might be Ohio State and Oof. Cedric. Which, With each passing game, that win looks worse and worse and worse. If the season ended today, I think the committee has no choice but to leave the Tar Heels out of March Madness.
1: Yeah, you might have to even argue with that Charleston win from way back then as well. I think they have a win over charleston who spent some time in the top 25 not sure where their ranking is at now but i'm sure they're kind of around that 9 10 loss mark yeah so, less. Ch-
3: so charleston I-, I think they do only have like six losses but they're around like 45 to 50 and since it was a home game you're going to get less points uh, for winning the home game over them so um yeah that that's their two best wins are charleston and uh, and ohio state which uh yeah both of uh Both of those teams struggling a little bit at the moment. Uh, The Charleston win looking better, though, than the Ohio State
1: one. Yeah, talk about lacking quad one wins and some uh, star power on your strength of schedule in terms of your wins. Because there are a lot of teams in the country that are in the Big Ten or in some of these other conferences that are at the bottom of their leagues. But they have way more quad one wins. When you look at uh, Nebraska, you look at, of course, Northwestern, who's been just red hot as of lately as well, too. Uh, You're seeing a lot of teams that can make much Better arguments than North Carolina can. And if you take away the logo, you take away the Carolina blue, and you just look at the resumes blind, it's not even a competition. But since they're North Carolina, they will be kept in the mix at least. But we will see how that all breaks down. We'll also look at a couple Big Ten games. Uh, Indiana, they took a win against Illinois. Illinois' has now lost two straight as they had a tough back to back road stretch and they lost both of them. But they gave Indiana a battle, losing 71-68, as Jackson Davis continuing his great season and really uh, marking himself as one of the better players in the history of Indiana basketball, which not just anybody can say that.
2: Yeah, I'm with you right there, Cedric. <clears throat> it was one heck of a game. I'm excited to see uh, what Minnesota does. I mean, they're not not a great team, obviously, but, I mean, they did, they did beat the Buckeyes. Uh, they... <laughs> they might show some fight against illinois but but we'll see yeah we'll see i know it's coming up tonight might be my hot pick hint hint
1: i think illinois will bounce back but we'll jump over to our sunday games unfortunately because this is where we get to see the ohio state buckeyes me being a columbus kid i've always been a fan of ohio state basketball there's been so many good eras with the thad mata era and then the start of holtman but these last couple of years has been very painful, but nothing as painful as what I've been seeing this year from the Buckeyes, is they lose to Purdue, which it's not really anything embarrassing about losing on the road to Purdue on the surface, but they lost 82-55 to where the walk-ons of Purdue were outshining the Ohio State Buckeyes. And it really goes to show when Zach Eadie takes a seat with 10 minutes left in the game, It's just not good. It's just no bueno. You're Ohio State. You should have enough talent given the recruiting classes to be able to at least compete all 40 minutes against Purdue. Now, if you lose to Purdue, okay. Like, look at what they did when it was in Columbus. It was a game that came down to the final 15 seconds where a late shot by Purdue ultimately won the day in a 71-69 win for the Boilermakers. But ever since then, Ohio State's been an absolute free fall. They're 11-16. Three and thirteen in the conference, and they're on pace right now for the worst season in Ohio State basketball uh, for the last twenty-five years, which is just inexcusable. And we're getting to the point where I maybe thought Holtman might have survived if he could have got the season into like a five-hundred year and just kind of scratch it out. But right now, with the scoreboard schedule and what I'm seeing is just a bunch of red L's marked all over the place, without another win even in sight right now. That's cause for concern. And what's coming up next for Ohio State? They got Penn State. They got Illinois, Maryland, Michigan State, and you really don't feel confident about them winning any of these games. And that's just terrible. You're talking about a twenty loss season potentially ahead
2: of an Ohio State team that started ten and three. It is an extremely embarrassing season for both the players and Chris Holtman, really. Like you said, to start ten and three and end up where they're at now. I mean, they're, the fact that they led by six at one point in that Purdue game is astounding to me. That that has been the highlight of their last five games is is beating Purdue by six at one point in the game. They they didn't do anything well in that game. They got bullied uh, on the glass. Purdue more than doubled Ohio State's rebounds in that game. Forty four rebounds for Purdue, twenty one for the Buckeyes. That's really sad. They they got outdone in almost every aspect of the game i mean we're shooting 54 percent from the free throw line they can't even make a free throw half the time man it's it's really sad to see the stumble that this team is on and i mean as as a guy who roots for ohio state hoops i'd love to say that i i could see them coming back from this but they might not win another game it's it's worrisome could be
1: on their way to 11 and 20. I mean, the only bright spot has been Bryce Sensiball. He had another uh, 20-point day. He was pretty much the only reliable source of offense for Ohio State basketball, but he's more than likely headed to the NBA draft at the end of this year anyway. So that's just tough for Ohio State. Good for Sensiball, though, personally. We'll always hope that the Buckeyes do well on the next level, but it's only one year to play here, and Even if he doesn't go to the NBA, you wonder if some guys are going to enter the transfer portal with the way that this season has gone. And when you look at the Big Ten standings, this is what makes it more frustrating too is that. There's a couple of clear tiers where Purdue, they're ahead of everybody. Northwestern Indiana is kind of that second tier right now, which pretty surprising, great season from Northwestern wins over Purdue and Indiana. They swept Indiana, which is just crazy as well. So they kind of came out of nowhere. But the rest of the Big Ten, you have a big group of about nine teams in between 7-10 and 10 and 9-7. and seven. Nebraska's at the bottom of that. They're 7-10. But they're still right there in the middle of that mix. Maryland, kind of the top of that tier, at nine and seven. And in that, you have Iowa nine and seven, Rutgers nine and seven, Michigan nine and seven, Illinois eight and seven, MSU's eight and seven, Penn State seven and nine, Wisconsin seven and nine, and Nebraska seven and ten. Now, this is a group that Ohio State has no excuses to not be a part of, at the very least, at bare minimum. You should be in that mix with those type of teams. But right now, you are four games behind Nebraska in the standings. And the only team below you in the standings is Minnesota. And you lost to them. You're the only team in the Big Ten to have lost to them. And you lost to them on your home court as well. It's just, you're, it's sad when Ohio State is now a get-right game for other teams. Like, that's what the point we're at right now. Where teams in the Big Ten they go through a gauntlet now, When you have Ohio State on the schedule, this is your chance to get back on the right track. And we've seen that for teams these last couple of weeks. Iowa was having some issues. Get a chance against Ohio State, beat them by 20. Even though Ohio State shot well that game, didn't matter. Beat them by about 20 points. Michigan State, same thing. One of the worst offensive performances I've seen from the Buckeyes. They're at home, nationally televised. Clark Kellogg's on the broadcast for that game. And what do they do?
2: They put up 14 points in the first half that was gotta be the most embarrassing part of the season probably the most embarrassing part of the last 10 seasons that is it's terrible and they can't i I mean they play usually play better at home but they're they're the worst team in the big 10 on the road they're they're horrible when they're not the shot and i they're one and nine on the road one win and i couldn't even tell you who that one win is against probably uh, no one Northwestern Northwestern a, oh, yeah, a pretty good <laughs> go win, go win. Northwestern they like better win than just, North Carolina but <laughs> so can't beat North Carolina so I could not <laughs> remember who they beat for their one game on they the road they beat running. them good
3: too it was like a 15 <laughs> 20 <laughs> point <laughs> victory
2: yeah, yeah, no, that just makes three. it worse it's that the just framing is
1: crazy too because back then like Ohio State was a top 25 teams <laughs> they were back then, and you're like, okay, that's a pretty good win over like a 10 win North maybe like 10 and three. I thought it was like okay, maybe NU's just off to a pretty great start. They're kind of overachieving a bit, but this is the type of game where house State usually puts teams in their places in these situations. And then after that Purdue loss, it just kind of knocked a screw loose for this team. They lose to Maryland, lose to Minnesota, you lose to Rutgers, you lose to Nebraska, and then you beat Iowa. This was the one win that they've gotten recently. And then lost to Illinois, lost to Indiana, lost to Wisconsin, Michigan, Northwestern, MSU, Iowa, Purdue. If Ohio State loses to Penn State, they will have lost to every team in the Big Ten Conference.
3: They've lost their last game against every team in the Big Ten Conference because their last game against, Purdue, er, against Penn State last year was a loss. So yeah, all, uh, all 13 other teams in the Big Ten, their last game against Ohio State was a win against the buckeyes
1: yep and we know holtman's track record against penn state is not very good on his tenure where penn state's kind of had his number so this will be a very tricky game it is at the shot though so that could maybe for lack of better term give ohio state a shot to win the game but we'll see we'll see it's just very bleak that's the outlook right now for ohio state and They're going to have to find a way to get it together. And if not, they're going to have to try to find a new coach. However, the buyout is a situation that's going to make that very tough as well. So, very tough right now for Ohio State basketball. But good thing we have the Bobcats. Roll Bobbies. Roll Bobbies. (laughs) We'll go down the uh, AP Top 25 as well and look at some of the standings too. So, here's some of the changes uh, from last week to this week. Now, we have... Houston as the new number one team, according to the AP poll. So they jump Alabama after their loss to Tennessee. Alabama will now take the second spot. Kansas making a big move up two spots to the third spot overall. UCLA, they're kind of staying steady, kind of under the radar. Really great season, 23-4. Purdue, 24-4. And And then we got Ben Vanderplas and Virginia at the sixth spot in the AP poll. Arizona seven, Texas eight, Baylor nine, and Marquette up to ten. Uh, so of those first ten teams, anything stand out to you guys?
2: Like you said, UCLA. I feel like I haven't heard much at all on UCLA basketball. Obviously, you know they're they're a blue blood. You're gonna you're gonna hear about them no matter what. But with that being said, I I could not tell you the last time I saw a UCLA UCLA game on TV. I know I know they're on ESPN. I know they get nationally televised. I have not heard about them. I haven't heard anyone talking about them. I haven't seen them on TV. I feel like I feel like I don't think I've watched a UCLA game yet this year. And they're really really good. They
3: are. So the thing with UCLA is they've been really good against like the mediocre to bad teams. They've been killing them. And then against the good teams, they've just been okay. Um, their best wins probably uh, on the road against Maryland. Um, they lost their first meeting against Arizona, who they're competing with for the conference crown. But they'll get the rematch at home. Uh, pretty soon here, so I I think that's why UCLA's been a bit of a sleeper, just because uh, they're really good in the games that, like, oh, obviously they beat Colorado by 20, or obviously they beat Washington State by 20, but, like, usually teams have, like, two or three stinkers in there. You go, oh, you only beat Cal by eight. Like, that's a bad game, but they haven't really had many of those. It's been the good teams that they've faced. They've been very 50-50, which is why, uh, they 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 haven't gotten the buzz in the top ten um, that maybe you would expect, but should uh should be interesting to see once the brackets come out because I think a lot's going to change between now and that point just with conference tournaments, uh, teams getting back into their groove. It's uh it's going to be pretty interesting to see uh, how the selection committee handles, um, especially a couple teams that. When they play without some of their star players, Uh, we already talked about TCU, but Creighton is another team um, who I think is is one of the 8-10 to best teams in the country. Uh, The record won't indicate it, but I believe they went 1-3 and uh, without star center Ryan Kulkbrenner. So if you take those four games out of the picture and only look at the Creighton team at full strength, uh, I think they're easily one of the top 10 teams in the country. So um that that's another team that i think could make a run um this march madness because it should be a pretty wide open field you're probably going to see um at at least two uh like four five six seven eight like at least two seed two seeds in the final four that are lower than uh than those top three which uh should be pretty interesting
1: yeah it should be a great march coming up here soon we'll go round out the top 25 real quick tennessee gonzaga miami kansas state st Mary's, xavier indiana yukon creighton providence northwestern sneaking into the top 25 they're at 21 san diego state iowa state tcu and a&m with nc state falling out and florida atlantic falling out also want to note that oral roberts right now is the third most receiving votes so another situation or team that Brings back tough memories, but Oral Roberts, still a really great team. They are actually in the top ten in sh- three-point shooting percentage. They have been that way for the last three years, and they're looking to have another great season this year, nearing the top 25 yet again, and they're 26 and 4 start to the season. I mean, that is phenomenal for the Golden Eagles. But we'll look at the some of the standings in conferences. We'll go like check around, kind of see if there's anything really going on with these races honestly ACC Virginia they are up in first but they really have to cling to it they're 13 and 3 Miami's kind of nipping at their heels also Pittsburgh the Panthers of Pittsburgh are 12 and 4 in conference that's something to kind of watch out for and then the most interesting one in my opinion the Big 12 Kansas they're at top 10 and 4 Texas 10 and 4 right there with them Kansas they had like a huge streak with having at least a share of the Big 12 title and they'll try to continue that tonight, but they will need to beat TCU to really stay up ahead of those Longhorns. Then we'll also see that uh, Baylor, Kansas State, and Iowa State kind of all in that mix as well for that conference. Big East, Marquette is the team to beat. Purdue, of course, the team to beat in the Big Ten, but now Northwestern only a game and a half behind with a tiebreaker over Purdue as well, so that's very interesting uh, to note. And then that shouldn't be for most of our main conferences. we got San Diego State up top of the Mountain West, which is uh, Carl's favorite conference. He loves watching those games late at night. And then Pac-12, UCLA, they're still up two games over Arizona because Arizona's had their fair share of upsets. They got upset against Washington State, which was like a really weird one, and a couple other ones as well, which kind of held them back in the race despite their win against UCLA. And then the SEC... It is Alabama's conference to lose, but don't count out Texas A&M, who is 12 and 12-2 in conference. Pretty shocking there as well. But again, with all these, these are just regular season rankings. You also want to try to do a lot better when it comes to the conference tournament. And that's where a lot of things will be decided, especially when it comes to seeding. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little XFL and the NBA All-Star Game. When we come back on the sports fan on 970 w a t h
0: i'm shinola hampton every day millions of people face hunger today i will share with you some of their experiences i'm stuck between paying for medications or paying for food john from maine after paying my bills i can buy groceries it's sad to say Food comes last. Alice from Oregon. I thought pantries were for less fortunate people, but anybody could be less fortunate in a day or even a second. Claire from Virginia. The Feeding America network of food banks helps provide over six billion meals to people in need each year. No one should have to worry where their next meal will come from. Together, we can end hunger. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Now, for more of the sports fan on 970 WATH.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Cedric Granger, your host, here with Michael Roth and Jacob Mata. We covered a lot of basketball. Now let's jump over to a little bit more basketball, the professional basketball with the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, it was Team Giannis versus Team LeBron, and Team Giannis got the win 184-175, to and... Jason Tatum got the MVP. He had the All-Star record of 55 points. Uh, but main thing I just want to ask you guys about is: uh, you guys have any favorite games or favorite things about the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend?
3: Uh, I mean, it, it has to kind of be Mac McClung. Um, the the dunk contest has kind of <coughs> gone through phases where it lost its lure and then it comes back, and then it gets boring for a couple years. Uh, I think Mac definitely gave us the best performance since the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine uh, 2016 one. Um, I think his first dunk, I said literally right when it happened, I'm like, that might be a top 10 dunk ever. His first dunk, uh, where he jumped over the two kids and then tapped it against the backboard before dunking it, I, I thought that was um, the best dunk of the weekend. So, yeah, just Mac McClung bringing back um, a little bit of the dunk contest like craziness. Um, we'll see Zion was hurt uh, but he had a comment saying he wants to do the dunk contest next year so that would be a pretty interesting battle uh, of Mac McClung versus Zion Williamson uh, next year in the dunk contest I think that would definitely get the people uh, excited about it um, and then like the other notable uh, event was Clevelander the Miz almost hitting a. A game-winning four-point shot just <laughs> after the buzzer in the celebrity game. Um, yeah, down three points, they get a steal with like point seven seconds left, but unfortunately, shot it too late. Nails the half-court shot, which would have been a four-pointer in the all in the celebrity game rules would have won them the game. So, uh, uh, Clevelander, the Miz uh, wrestler, uh, almost showing off his basketball skills, stealing. Uh, the MVP trophy, but um, just uh, just after the buzzer. Yeah, I remember seeing
1: clips of that. It's one of those things where, oh, man, you just wish it would have counted because it was just super cool. And having the video clips come up on ESPN still definitely had to be pretty dope. And then also something that was really cool about this weekend is we saw the return of the XFL as we had four games as all eight teams were in action. You had the Renegades defeating the Vipers 22-20, roughnecks over guardians 33 to 12 Battlehawks over brahmas 18 to 15 and defenders over sea dragons 22 to 18 and mata i know you're a big seattle seahawks fan and figured you would also be a fan of the seattle sea dragons and they had an ending very reminiscent of a past super bowl where on the one yard line some woes happened where there was a fumble and the dc defenders picked it up to finish off that
2: game and I know that had to be tough to watch definitely tough to watch and I can say that I did watch that game one because the the Sea Dragons uniforms are just sick if you haven't seen them go check them out they look awesome uh but yeah they're carrying on the tradition of uh Seattle Seattle football and really just goofing on the one yard line really sad to see obviously it doesn't sting nearly as bad as uh with the times we won't talk about but uh, in my opinion, man, the XFL is just—it's cool. It's—it's it's cool so far. Uh, week one, you've seen a lot, a lot of goofy things, and honestly, like, like we we brought up earlier before the show, Josh Gordon catching a touchdown pass from Ben DiNucci. <laughs> you kidding me? Give me give me another time where that happens in any timeline in the NFL ever. You can't. You can't give me the XFL, man. It's gonna it's gonna create some funny moments. It certainly is, and also just the, a lot of players that um, are names you just haven't
1: heard in a long time as well. You had AJ McCarron, former uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, backup quarterback. He ended up leading the uh, Battle Hawks in like a crazy comeback against the Brahmas, where they were down 12 to three are 15 to three in like the fourth quarter and they uh, came back scored 15 points in like the last minute and a half and won 18 to 15 which is just nuts and then you had other games too where you had like a recreation of the fail mary situation in the guardians versus roughnecks game where you had the corner where the uh, broadcaster even called it as an interception but then the receiver kind of took the ball from him and then they uh, both caught it and then the receiver ended up getting the touchdown in the end zone and then the roughnecks absolutely went off on the gardens you even had like a one-handed catch by a player in that game and then with the vipers the first game of the season you had the vipers lose the game because they threw two pick sixes
2: i mean man it's 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 a meme league man it's it's gonna be funny uh but at least the competition's good you know we, we're not having no no one's blowing anybody out it's not any ridiculous games yet but I think for the first week you know the NFL or excuse me the XFL is proving that they might be here to stay and from the way the stands look it it look like they're pulling in a pretty large crowd and I think I think they're doing all the right things right now so hopefully uh they'll stick around for the whole season and maybe keep coming back because the more football the better yeah talk about that you can have a competent football team in Houston
1: how about that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> these fans, they've been starved for that after these last couple of rough years from the Texans. So uh, they get to see a team like the roughnecks go out there, put up 33 points on the scoreboard. Uh, you had the fans just getting super hyped and props to them for just being able to be there. I'm actually just super excited when they go, um, over for some home games for the sea dragons and the battle Hawks. Those were two of the best home crowds in the second iteration of the XFL back in 2020, where the uh, Seattle dragons were getting huge amounts of people, uh, for their games and so were the st louis battle hawks playing where the uh st louis rams used to play and now the st louis fans were able to go back over there and uh enjoy some football again and i know that had to mean a lot for them so those teams will probably get opportunities to be at home we'll actually go take a look at the week two slate if we can here uh, maybe it'll be slow coming up but they're sure to be home games in the future but like you said Jacob I think the uniforms and just everything there's just it's a good vibe to the whole league I love the colors I love the team composition I love that there are a lot of players of like that you haven't heard in a while whether it's Josh Gordon or Martavis Bryan or AJ McCarron um, you just like think about it and you hear that name and you're like oh I remember him in uh, college football I remember him playing in NCAA 14 on my video game system and there he is out here on the field uh for the renegades or for the sea dragons or something like that just a cool league cool league but that'll take us to our final break when we come back we'll have our hot picks and have just a little conversation and uh fortunately we don't have any sports going on tonight in terms of our affiliates but there are some good games to watch nevertheless you're listening to the sports fan on 970 w a t h I'm Brad Keslowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford Mustang. Have you ever been in a hurry to get somewhere? When ding, your tire pressure light comes on? Properly inflated tires are essential to the health of your car and can help keep you driving safely. Check your tire pressures every month, especially before long road trips or stop by your neighborhood tire retailer for
0: help. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. Making your life more comfortable is what we do. Hi, this is Butch with Rutland Bottle Gas. We have propane for your home and business. Vented and ventless heaters by Empire,
2: ventless log sets by Buck Stoves, Crosley Ranges, Weber Grills, Heat Star Heaters. Give us a call at 740-742-2511 or visit us at
0: RutlandBottleGas.com or you can stop by one of our locations at 177 North Plains Road, The Plains, or 282 Main Street in Rutland. Let us make your life more comfortable. This is The Sports Fan on 970
1: WATH. Welcome back to The Sports Fan. As we've reached our final segment of the day, Cedric, Michael, and Jacob joining you live from the studio. As it is time for the Hot Picks, as we have a couple of games that are pretty interesting. We'll start with you, Rolf. What you got?
3: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, CSU Bakersfield plus 6.5 against Hawaii. Uh, CSU Bakersfield only lost to Hawaii um, by three points on the road earlier in the year. This time, they're getting the game at home. And since that game, CSU Bakersfield has won four of their last five. So they're starting to figure things out. Could be a good matchup against Hawaii. That game uh, tipping off at, I believe, 8 p.m., tonight on the west coast so csu bakersfield plus six and a half is my pick all right model what you got
2: uh i'm going kansas plus two against tcu uh tcu like like roth said a little bit ago they've got their guy uh big 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 win over oklahoma state after a four game losing skid but kansas is uh on a four game winning streak themselves and in order to stay uh in competition for that title they're gonna have to beat tcu tonight and i think they get it done Yeah, Kansas
1: really trying to stay on top of the conference as Texas is right there. If Kansas wants a share, they will definitely have to win that game against TCU. Now, for me, I'll take Illinois minus 15 against Minnesota. The Fighting Illini, they had two tough road losses. We heard about the one to Indiana. Also, they lost to Penn State by double digits on the road as well. I think this is a great opportunity for a nice bounce back. They're sitting at 17-9, so they're right now on the better side of being able to make it into March Madness. However, if they lose tonight to Minnesota, they could be placed on the bubble real quick, and I think Illinois will come out. With the mission, I expect a big bounce-back day for the Illini. I'll take them minus 15 over Minnesota. I think they'll cover the spread tonight. Once again, thank you all for listening to the Sports Fan here on 970 WATH. We'll be back same time tomorrow as we'll have more action and hopefully a little bit more sports locally. Once again, thank you for listening to the Sports Fan. For Cedric Granger, Jacob Mata and Michael Roth. We wish you a goodbye and have a great rest of your evening.
0: serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970
2: and 97.1 FM.